Kaboyat, and you're listening to The Slow Way. This is a podcast about the slow goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. It's a quiet space where all of us frantic strivers, serial doers, and weary achievers are invited in for a moment of reflection, an opportunity for prayer, and a chance to practice going slow in a world that often values only speed, success, and power. Our culture loves to tell us that life is frantic and there's nothing we can do about it. But friends, we know it's real. The true thing is deep down underneath the surface where love lives. And sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. So here, let's try. Have a seat just for a few minutes. Let's go the slow way. Last week was my dad's birthday. He would have been 74. Last year on his 73rd, he was a few months after brain surgery and in the middle of treatment for cancer. My brother arranged for a tour of one of the three houses in Texas designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, our dad's favorite architect. My dad was freshly retired from a lifelong career in architecture. The owners of the house in my hometown opened their home to my family and he celebrated his birthday there in the house. It was perfect. This week, we as a writing community marked the third anniversary of Rachel Held Evans's death. The gap she left is still so painful to accept. Some heartbreaks seem otherworldly. Also, it was my friend Allie's birthday this past Saturday. She passed away almost six and a half years ago when she was barely older than I am now. So many anniversaries in one week. This year on my dad's birthday, I woke up, had a good cry, went shopping for a tree to plant in my yard in his memory, and thought a lot about grief and what I've learned about it in the past five months. We now have a beautiful, delicate red bud growing in our front yard. And I have a head full of thoughts on sorrow, faith, and what makes us whole. It felt right that the same week when we're remembering Rachel, the organization she helped found, Evolving Faith, was back with a new podcast season. If Evolving Faith podcast is new to you, you should check it out. I adore both Jeff Chu and Sarah Bessie and think they are the best nerdy Jesus duo out there. In their first episode of this season with Barbara Bound Taylor's talk from their conference in 2019, had me taking notes on pieces of scrap paper in the laundry room. In her talk, she considers the disciples whom Jesus took with him up to the Mount of Olives the night before his crucifixion to pray with him. Quote, but they fell asleep and it was out of grief, Barbara Brown Taylor says. Quote, they kept hoping Jesus would make the mountain less steep, the desert less hard, the cloud less scary, but he wouldn't, he couldn't do it. 
because those were the places where God changed people. After they'd run out of everything they could do for themselves, after all their old certainties had bit the dust, then and only then were they empty and confused enough for something new to take root in them. End quote. Emptiness and confusion can do a powerful work in us, can't they? I think a lot about my old certainties in light of what it turns out is actual reality. Or as Barbara Brown Taylor says in this talk, when you said you had faith, you meant you had faith this wouldn't happen to you. You had faith that God would come up with a better plan. This rings so true to me. Sometimes the thing we thought was faith was actually our act of clinging to the wrong story. This here, where my grief is, this is the story. What will faith look like now? Long before my dad got sick, I had left behind, mostly, the notion of God making some divine plan out of our most horrible realities. I didn't want to be part of a divine will that left babies dead at birth or that allowed three-year-olds to get cancer. Not a divine will that determines who gets born into a dangerous family environment, allows children to be abused, or intends for an entire community to be devastated by drought, floods, or war. I don't want to believe that God had a special will that included my friend Allie dying of cancer at the age of 43, or Rachel dying suddenly at the age of 37. What I cling to is a faith that says there is a Holy One who makes all things new. There is a spirit who reaches into the devastation. Why the devastation happens is a mystery and creates life in the death. I want to believe that every good and perfect gift is from above. Whether or not I understand why there are ugly and devastating things that happen simultaneously, along with all the goodness. Barbara Brown Taylor says, faith is not about securing our old certainties, but allowing the death of our certainties to make room for something else. Quote, maybe it wasn't even new. Maybe it was the saved seed of an old divine wildness in them that had been paved over too many times, shoved down every time it raised its head. That needed a good long stretch in the wilderness to come to life again. The quote, old divine wildness in them. Goodness, that's beautiful. What does grief create in us? Maybe it doesn't create anything. Maybe grief just wears down our defenses and our pretenses enough to reveal that wild divine underneath the answers that no longer hold up, underneath our privilege, underneath our attempts at safety. Brown Taylor quotes Frances Weller when she says, quote, almost everyone who falls off sorrow's wild edge spends a lot of time wanting the grief to go away so they can go back to where they were before. But we are not meant to go back, end quote. This leads her back to the Beatitudes, 
where you know I love to go. She says, wouldn't it be interesting to cultivate a way of being with God and one another that is lean enough to live in the wilderness for as long as necessary? Subsistence spirituality may even be what Jesus had in mind when he set a blessing on the poor in spirit. I don't know anyone who wants that blessing, Barbara Brown Taylor says. Quote, everyone I know wants to be rich in spirit. They want the kind of faith that can move mountains, not the kind that moves into the shadow of one or enters the cloud on top of one with no assurance of coming out in one piece, end quote. It seems to me that those of us who live with grief or disability or broken relationships or mental health struggles, that is to say, all of us, have the opportunity to understand that no one wants the poor in spirit blessing. But it seems to be where Jesus always starts when inviting us to the authentic love and relationship that Barbara Brown Taylor calls subsistence spirituality and what it just might provide. It's a place where there are no answers, but there is holy presence. And as my kids' old Sunday school lessons always reminded us, we can come so close to God, and God can come so close to us that we can be transformed. I think grief might just be a door to that transformation. a slow practice. Can we consider that wild, divine part underneath all the easy answers, privileges, and safety-seeking that life and grief can sometimes strip away? I want us to reflect on a poem from Rainier Marie Rilke, who lived in the late 19th century and wrote in German, and whose book of poems the Book of Hours, Love Poems to God, translated by Anita Barrow and Joanna Macy, has been a lifeline for me since I discovered it a few years ago. Sometimes the practice of prayer is found in doing, whether it's following a script, an ancient prayer, or simply responding to the Spirit with words. But often we just need to receive. Today I invite you to receive this poem as I read it aloud for you. It may ring true to you. It may not. This poem is not claiming to be divine truth, but it is a powerful image to me of remaking a life of faith, of crystallizing what is left when the fluff has been removed. Breathe in with me. Breathe out. And while I read this, just sit in silence. I'm too alone in the world, yet not alone enough to make each hour holy. I'm too small in the world, yet not small enough to be simply in your presence like a thing, just as it is. 
I want you to know my own will and to move with it. And I want in the hushed moments when the nameless draws near to be among the wise ones or alone. I want to mirror your immensity. I want never to be too weak or too old to bear the heavy lurching image of you. I want to unfold. Let no place in me hold itself closed. For where I am closed, I am false. I want to stay clear in your sight. What speaks to you from this poem? What doesn't line up with your understanding of God and of faith? I'm going to read it again, and I hope you'll listen for a word or a phrase that speaks louder than the others to your own spirit. I'm too alone in the world, yet not alone enough to make each hour holy. I'm too small in the world, yet not small enough to be simply in your presence, like a thing, just as it is. I want you to know my own will and to move with it. And I want, in the hushed moments, when the nameless draws near, to be among the wise ones or alone. I want to mirror your immensity. I want never to be too weak or too old to bear the heavy lurching image of you. I want to unfold. Let no place in me hold itself closed. For where I am closed, I am false. I want to stay clear in your sight. Let's take some time for silent reflection. If there was a word or phrase that spoke to you, maybe you want to sit with it a little longer. We'll pause for a time here in the episode, but if you need more time, feel free to pause this episode and set a timer on your phone. Let's hold our word or phrase in the presence of God. And when you're done, you can close with this prayer. When you, the nameless one, draws near to us, let us be among the wise ones. Amen.
Thanks for listening to The Slow Way. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here with me is no small thing. When we move even for a few minutes at a pace that refuses to conform with the culture around us, we make space for God, for wisdom, for a vision of ourselves and others that can only be seen when we take the time to pay attention. What I'm trying to say is we make space for love. So well done us, I'm proud. I wanna thank Val Schleter for managing my social media. Also Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the talented Angelina Marie for editing. If you're interested in more words on the slow way, you can sign up for my newsletter at micaboyette.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at micaboyette and find my book found wherever books are sold. You can also review The Slow Way on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find us. But, you know, if your time would be better spent reading Rilke's Book of Hours, by all means, do that. Until next time, friends, let's go the slow way. Bye.